This episode of Cut the Crap Podcast is brought to you by Sierra Sil Health. Heather Williams writes, I have moderately severe degenerative joint disease in my cervical and lumbar spine. I started taking Sierra Sil in 2003 and took it daily for five years with great results, improved function, and reduced aches. In 2010, I stopped taking Sierra Sil and my aches and loss of function returned. I started back on Sierra Sil and the relief was fantastic after three days. I take Sierra Sil every morning and even with a worsening condition since an automobile accident in February 2016, I still have minimal aches and excellent mobility in my knees and my back. If you're experiencing joint pain and want to reduce pain, or if you're physically active and want to reduce muscle soreness and achieve faster recovery, then try Sierra Sil today. Try the Sierra Sil 14-day challenge today, and if you don't notice better mobility and less stiffness, Sierra Sil will give you your money back 100% guaranteed. When buying online as well too, just use the coupon code CUTTHECRAP, all one word, and you can get 15% off. Feel free to support your local distributors of Sierra Silt, but if you want 15% off, you buy online, enter coupon code CUTTHECRAP, and you got 15% off. Go to sierrasilt.com. That's S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.com. That's sierrasilt.com. Filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Calagiri. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast where week after week I condense business books down to their core golden nuggets and I incorporate my own little flavor on there, some strategies, some tactical execution pieces that you guys can put into effect in your business, in your career, in your personal lives, whatever it is you want to do, you can do that immediately. Guys, if you want the weekly summaries and the strategies and tactics, whatever comes out of this episode, if you want the written summaries of that, go to cutthecrappodcast.com and sign up for the weekly summaries. All I need is your first name, last name, and email address, and I'll make sure that gets into your inbox every single week. All right, so what do we got going on this week? This week, we have the book Unmarketing by Scott Stratton. Now, for anybody who knows Scott Stratton, I can't say I know the guy. I mean, I've seen him present a, a number of times. I was actually able to catch him live in Toronto many years ago. I think it was maybe... Back in 2012, I think. And a great speaker. Man wears his heart on his sleeve. Very emotional, very passionate speaker. Um, I love his style. And I would highly recommend anybody who hasn't heard of Scott Stratton, go to YouTube, look him up. Um, great guy. He's also got a podcast. Quick little plug for the guy as well, too. It's the Unpodcast. Uh, great podcast. I'm a subscriber to him as well, too. Big fan. Uh, so his book, Unmarketing, Stop Marketing, Start Engaging, uh, great book. I read it a number of years ago, and uh, it was good for me to pick it up again and remind myself of a lot of these certain elements that I think a lot of people, even today, four years later, are forgetting. So what's this book about? Well, on the back of the book, it says, if you're ready to stop marketing and start engaging, then welcome to Unmarketing. The landscape of business customer relationships is changing and unmarketing gives you innovative ways out of the old push and pray rut. Instead, draw the right customers to you through listening and engagement, enabling you to build trust and position yourself as their logical choice when they need you. Lots of really good takeaways from this book, but I took four key golden nuggets away from unmarketing and let's crack right into it right now. Without further ado, golden nugget number one, understanding the hierarchy of buying is critical to success. Now, businesses must think of their customers in relation to a pyramid. 
At the top of the pyramid are current satisfied customers, and one notch below that are those who have been referred by a trusted source. Now, in the middle of the pyramid, you have two groups. One, potential customers that a business has a relationship with, but they haven't yet bought from them. And two, those who recognize the business as an expert in its field. Next, below that are customers found through phone books or search engines, and below them, which is at the bottom of the pyramid, are those who can be reached by cold calling. Now, businesses have no relationship with these people at all, the people at the bottom of the pyramid, but many businesses continue to use cold calling. Why do they continue to use cold calling? They don't do it because it works well, they do it because it's easy and doesn't require past relationships. Now, if your intention is to climb up the pyramid, that's a great way to build your sales pipeline, but it does take time because it requires you building two things. Number one, your business's reputation as a recognized expert in its field, and number two, relationships between businesses. Trust is one of the main drivers of the hierarchy of buying. The higher the level of trust, the more the person is likely to buy. Now, the difficulty, though, is getting customers to try a product or a service for the first time. Usually what people who are responsible for sales, whether it's the business owner, CEO, marketing director, sales director, whoever it is, usually what they do to try to get the customer's interest is by offering something for free, offering a free consultation or free 30-day money-back trial, whatever it is. The challenge here, though, is that they're focusing on price and they're neglecting the trust gap. Building a relationship with the customer must come first before the free consultation, before the free 30-day no obligation, whatever it is, trial you have going on. Building a relationship and building trust has to come first. So how do you do that? Well, Scott Stratton, he offers several examples of marketing tactics that don't work in today's society, like cold calling at dinner time, the yellow pages, or paper spam, otherwise known as those flyers that are distributed in the mail. Now, one way that you can build trust with your marketplace is with video. Video is great, you guys. I love video because it gives you an opportunity to start building a relationship with your marketplace by giving them something of value. What can you teach them? What can you share with them? What can you bring to them that entertains them, enlightens them, inspires them, motivates them? What can you do? What can you provide to them through video? And through video, what I want is I want to see your face on video as well, too. Because the marketplace is going to learn to trust you. And by trusting you, they have to see you. They have to hear you. They have to visualize your face when they hear your name. So definitely incorporate a video strategy where you're teaching something to your marketplace. Do a weekly video. I don't care. It's so easy. Don't overly plan it. Don't have this massive strategy in place. Hell, just grab a damn phone, turn it on, turn your camera around, press record, and start delivering something. You're going to be crappy at first. I don't care. I don't care if you're crappy at first. Put it out there. And the reason I want you to put it out there is just to get over yourself. A lot of people aren't comfortable in front of the camera, and that's fine. If you find out that, you know, over a few months, you just don't like doing it because it's just not for you, hey, that's fine. Maybe podcasting is right for you. But I'm a really big fan of video as a way to do this, and I do recommend people use video to help build relationships with their marketplace. Here's something a little bit more strategic for you that you can put into place. If you're trying to generate leads and you're trying to do it in a more, you know, quick fashion, a great way to do that is to leverage your vendor relationships. Vendors love to give referrals because that gets favor in their column. And they also generate more distribution for their product or their services. So if you have vendors that you're doing business with, use them as referral sources. Oftentimes we go to service providers or we go to our own clients and we always forget about our vendors. 
Start with your vendors. I think your vendors are the most receptive people to this one. So if you're trying to put a referral strategy into place to generate leads for your business, start at your vendors. I believe that's a great way to start off if you haven't incorporated a referral strategy yet. There's a lot of trust between you and your vendors, I'm assuming. So that kind of ask to your vendors, a little bit easy as well too. So give that one a try. Golden nugget number two, pull and stay to win. Once a year in Scott Stratton's hometown, artists gather to sell their art at an event called Art by the Lake. While attendees stream in and admire the pieces, the artists, they sit in lawn chairs and barely acknowledge their customers. These artists use the old push and pray model of selling, otherwise known as pushing a product out there and praying that someone will buy it. Instead, Stratton is an advocate of pull and stay marketing, a method that involves pulling marketers in and doing anything possible to stay in front of them to keep their attention. Now, an example of this would be a landscape photographer who catches the eye of a potential customer. After the customer tells the photographer how wonderful the work is, the photographer engages the customer in a discussion about landscape photography and eventually invites the customer to sign up to receive an email alert whenever new photographs are available. Now, the customer, who may also know a thing or two about photography, they're obviously interested, they feel no pressure to buy anything, and so what they do is they opt in. This type of interaction forms a relationship that is so critical to building trust. Now, personally, I truly believe that every business needs a pull-and-stay marketing program in place. Whether it's a podcast, a video series, a monthly release of content, whatever it is, I don't care, it doesn't matter. You need to build a themed program out that people can follow once they've come across you. This kind of program, it's going to help you build trust, and yes, it's going to generate leads for you. There are too many businesses out there that just don't have these programs in place, and it makes it really hard on you. I go to trade shows, and people are selling so hard at these trade shows, and it just, it, honestly, it kind of makes me sick. I hate that stuff. That stuff does not resonate with me at all, and I find it um, incredibly, incredibly unattractive when businesses do that. It hurts rapport. It definitely does. I know a lot of people respect that and they say, wow, what a go-getter. He's really pushing her. She's really going after it. Yeah, well, you know what? If I'm a buyer, I hate that. I really do. I hate that. It's very pushy and nobody likes that. For people like that and anybody else who wants to build sales, who wants to grow their business, you need to have a pull and stay marketing program in place. So instead of trying to do the hard sale and trying to get them to buy now, buy now, buy now, you need something soft to lead with. You need to give them access to content such as a podcast or a video series where once you have a conversation with them, I don't care whether you're selling soap or a million dollar marketing program, once you have a conversation with somebody, they're very likely not going to buy right there. Get their email address. Tell them, listen, every single week I send you guys you know, um, a video, a photograph, uh, whatever it is you're going to send them. I'm going to send this to you every single week so that you can have this content. Would you mind if I took your email down and I'll put you on our list and we can send it on? If at any point you don't find it valuable, feel free to opt out. But I just want to make sure you have this content in front of you. Chances are most people are going to say yes to that. And it's very easy to do. Take, for example, what I'm doing here. Very simple. Cut the crap podcast. I summarize business books down to their core golden nuggets. I provide this content every single month. I ask for your email addresses in exchange for me sending you these summaries. Boom. Done. There you have it. It doesn't take that much work, you guys. Use Cut the Crap Podcast as an example, as stimulus for your pull and stay program. You guys all need to put these pull and stay programs into place. If you guys have questions about it, if you guys want some extra stimulus, if you guys want some help, just reach out to me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and I'll give you guys a few pieces of advice and uh, share a few resources with you that I can push in your direction to help you out in building your own pull and stay program. If you don't have one in place, you definitely need one in place to start building trust and start building your pipeline in the future. Golden nugget number three. 
an approach to growing on social media. In order to build a platform that you want to use to fuel attention for your business, it requires three things, traction, momentum, and expansion. Now, gaining traction doesn't happen all at once. When a business publishes a blog, sends a tweet, or posts a comment and no one answers, it's understandable and it's quite normal to feel as if social media just doesn't work for you. Despite that though, you need to keep at it by making sure that your blog posts, your tweets, your LinkedIn posts, your snaps, whatever it is, your comments, don't just put out content for the sake of putting out content with no substance to it. Bring some substance. Try to educate people. Try to inspire somebody to a different result. Try to motivate people to take a certain specific action that's going to drive a different result for them. Give them substance. What can you teach them? What can you bring to them that's going to make their life better, more meaningful? If you keep putting out content like that, eventually people will catch on. It takes time, but eventually people will catch on. Now, as you're building out your content and you're building traction, it requires time. What you need to do is you need to take the few hours, a little bit of time that you have, and you need to spread it out over the entire week, at least over the five-day period, Monday to Friday. Reason for that, social media platforms like Twitter, Snapchat, they have an amazingly short shelf life. So you shouldn't try to publish all of your content out at once. You need to spread it all out. And when you're spreading out your content, make sure you pick an hour out of the day to share your content. Maybe you're sharing your snaps first thing in the morning or your Facebook pages, your LinkedIn, your Instagram, whatever it is. Maybe you're sharing it first thing in the morning and you're finding out that first thing in the morning, you're not getting a lot of responses off it. You're not getting a lot of traction. So maybe what you want to do is shift it to the evening. Do you get greater responses in the evening? Maybe you do. I know personally myself, I get a lot of great responses from people on Instagram first thing in the morning, early morning or in the evening. LinkedIn, however, though, at around you know 11 o'clock, noon, 1 p.m., I find LinkedIn is great around those times. So if you're posting during those times, I find that's when I get most, uh, most responses from people. So you got to find out what works best for you. If you're posting content on Twitter, find the best times to post for your marketplace, for your audience on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Snapchat, on Facebook, whatever it is, you got to find the right timing for you and your marketplace. So now once your business has gained some traction, again, you're getting familiar with the social media platforms, you're posting out some content, that's your time to start building momentum by engaging. So at this stage, when you're building momentum, you're trying to engage, you need to start asking questions of your marketplace. Those people that you're connected to, ask them questions, ask them for their opinions on the content that you're putting out there. Start interacting with them, ask them questions. And as you ask them questions, as they give you your opinions, you're going to learn more about them. And what that's going to do is going to allow you to enhance your relationship with them. Not only that, but the bonus here is that as you learn more from them, that will then impact your content marketing strategy so that you can start putting out more content that's more relevant to them, more relevant to the problems, the challenges, the pains, the opportunities, whatever it is they're going through, it's going to allow you to share content with them that's more applicable. Now that's really cool, but that only comes about when you start engaging with people. But before you start building momentum and engaging people, you need to build traction. So now let's say you've built your traction. Great, you, you're now familiar, you got a process down, you're posting more frequently, awesome. Now you're starting to engage, you're engaging people, you're asking questions, you're starting to get into a conversation with people, you're learning about people, they're getting back to you, it's awesome, you have momentum, now what? Now this is the expansion phase. So Scott Stratton first grew his platform on Twitter, and then what he did to expand was he drove his readers and commenters to his blog site where they could read more than the 140 characters he put up at a time. And then he allowed them to expand on their own comments and see the comments of others. This is key. Where are you pushing people? Do you have a blog? Do you have a video blog on YouTube? Do you have a Facebook page where you're constantly engaging with people? 
What is it that you have that's an asset to your organization, to your business, where people can now go and engage with you in longer form? Now, the expansion phase of this whole process is a great place for your pull and stay marketing strategy. If you have a pull and stay marketing strategy, this is exactly the place where you plug it in. Once you start building traction with people, you start engaging with them, then you push them towards your pull and stay marketing strategy. And at that point, it gets really sticky and sticky in a good sense in that it's very easy for them to stay there and learn more. And oh my God, there's so much content for me to hear to learn and read and engage with. That's a great place for your pull and stay marketing strategy. So from golden nugget number two, if you start developing your pull and stay marketing strategy, you definitely want to incorporate that into your expansion phase. But if you're not there yet, maybe start off slowly by getting yourself into it, by getting into the traction phase, then start building momentum. Then maybe after a few months of actually engaging with people, then at that point in time, you might want to put in something like a pull and stay strategy to help expand on the relationships, the engagement that you've already started to build. Last but certainly not least, golden nugget number four, the importance of trust and authenticity. Authenticity in business is all about realizing that a company's strongest asset is its individuality and its uniqueness. The more virtual and socially connected our lives get, the more we hunger for something genuine. What people really want now isn't just a product or a service, it's an experience. And an experience that is honest and transparent, otherwise known as authentic. It's going to be tough for businesses to compete, especially if they're not authentic. If they're trying to portray themselves as, you know what, we're a consulting firm and we'd want to appear as the IBM. So we have to make sure that, you know, we have that corporate feel. Come on, guys. That stuff just is old. It doesn't work anymore. Tell people who you really are. We want to see the human side of you. We want genuineness. Don't make the mistake that companies are making right now and putting out that false perception of who you want to be versus who you really are. Those who are winning on social media, those who are winning a following, those who people are attracted to, those people out there who are creating content that the marketplace is attracted to are those who are authentic. They're putting themselves out there, weak, strong, whatever it is, what kind of emotions they're feeling, they're putting themselves out there. And because of that, it resonates. Authenticity resonates. And the challenge for me though is that so many of you, you get this. You understand what authenticity means. You can define authenticity, but you don't quite understand how to execute on authenticity. I used to work with an organization that claimed they understood what authenticity was. They had authenticity in their corporate values. And they always called people out on saying, oh, you know what? They're just not authentic. They're not authentic. Just be authentic. The funny thing is with them is that they claimed to know what authenticity was. And yet they went out in the marketplace and said, oh, we're experts at this. And we know this. And oh, we're so great at this. And they, they tried to push themselves as this you know, consulting firm that was a cut above the rest. And we are very different from everybody else. And the challenge was internally, they were struggling. And I think they're still struggling in terms of how to grow their company. If they really wanted to grow their company, what they would do is they would take that authenticity and incorporate that into their marketing strategy. And what they're trying to do right now is they're trying to grow their company. Then tell the rest of the world that that's what you're trying to do. Be that company out there that says, listen, we're in a stage right now where we have a great product, a great service, and we're trying to grow our company. The problem is our marketplace is slow to react, and we don't know why that is. It's a move that's a little bit unorthodox. But by putting out a blog, for example, of your experiences, maybe a day in the life of a consultant at this company, and you would go through some of the challenges, some of the problems, some of the opportunities. Maybe if you put out videos of your challenge, of a behind-the-scenes look of what you're going through, you might get the marketplace buying into that a little bit more favorably. And why is that? Why is that, do you think? 
Is it because they're getting an inside look? Yeah, I'd say so, but probably more so because what it's doing is it's actually taking down the veil that you're putting up there of yourself. And you're actually allowing people an inside look into the organization, into what's really behind you, behind your behavior, behind everything that you're putting out there. People see your marketing content, but they don't quite understand why you're doing it. You know, if you went out there and you did a presentation and you did a behind the scenes look and you said, you know what, like we're doing these presentations because the marketplace is slow to react. And we have a great product here. We know that this stuff works. We know it works. So we have to make sure that there's more people out there who get to hear this. Then you go and you deliver the presentation. You come back and you say, I really hope that this presentation resonated with people because, I mean, there's so many companies out there that could be leveraging what we're doing. And I mean, you know, look at our own clients. Then point back to your own clients and say, look at the great stuff they're doing. And then give people a behind the scenes look at what your own clients are doing. Those who are using your product and service successfully, show them what they're doing. And eventually as people get this behind the scenes look, that authenticity is going to be more powerful than any stupid marketing slogan or campaign you can come up with and bring forward. Authenticity is a winner today because so many of us are so full of crap and we're trying to put out this fake facade of who it is we want to be when in reality, who we are is far more effective. All right, my friends, there we have it. Unmarketing. Stop marketing. Start engaging by Scott Stratton. This is such a strong book. I really liked it. I liked it way back when I read it, and I still like it right now when I reread it. Such good takeaways from it and great reminders as well, too, in terms of how to interact and how to engage on social media. Really enjoyed this one. So, you guys, I'm really excited to announce that we have a new feature starting on Cut the Crap Podcast where every single week I'm bringing you the condensed summary of each business book in the form of golden nuggets. But what I'm going to do now is to add more value to you. I'm going to feature an interview from a professional, a CEO, a sales professional, marketing professional, whoever it is, somebody that read that book and put something in that book into practice for themselves. Now, the reason I want to do that is to add a different perspective. What I took from the book is one thing. What somebody else took from the book is another. But they actually took something from the book and executed on it. So I want them to bring their experiences to light so that you can take maybe a different perspective from this book. Again, it's me trying to add value to this podcast. I know you're getting value to the summary, but I also believe you can get some value from the first-hand experiences of somebody who's actually read the book, taken something from the book, and put it into practice for them to drive something that was successful for them. I hope you guys like this new feature. My plan isn't to expand too much on the podcast. I like the max two a week kind of thing. I don't want to overkill it, but I think two a week in this format, I think it's going to work really well. Don't forget, guys, before I leave you here, go to cutthecrappodcast.com, sign up for the weekly summaries. All I need is your first name, last email address, and I'll make sure those summaries are in your inbox every single week. And don't forget to reach out to me if you guys have questions, comments, anything you guys want to talk to me about, ryan.calajury at me.com. Feel free to reach out to me, or you guys can reach me through the website as well too. That is a wrap, my friends. Thank you so much again for tuning in to another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast. I will be with you guys again on Thursday when I bring you guys an interview from somebody that actually read Unmarketing, and I can't wait to hear what she has to say. You guys, I'll catch you back here on Thursday. Have a fantastic week until then. We'll talk soon. Love you guys. Things, getting things is not going to make you happy. That's good news in a tough economy. It's a good reminder. You know, it doesn't matter what you get. It doesn't matter whether it be money or opportunity. All those things might excite you for the moment. You know, even a relationship, as magnificent it may be, might be exciting for a while. But if you don't keep growing, that relationship isn't going to stay exciting. So the secret to real happiness is progress. 
Progress equals happiness. And if we can make progress on a regular basis, we feel alive. And that's why at the beginning of the year, we get this thing like, okay, I can have this fresh start. I can really do what my soul desires. I could expand. I could grow. I could improve. I could change. Or maybe better than change, I could progress. See, think about that. Progress is an aliveness to it, doesn't it? You don't have to work at changing. People say all the time now, well, I'm, I'm working on changing. Don't worry about it. You don't have to work on changing. Change is automatic. Your body's going to change whether you want it or not as the years go by. And no matter how hard you work, there's going to be some changes going on there. The economy is going to change no matter what you want it to do. The weather is going to change. Relationships are going to change. Everything in life is always changing. We don't have to work on change. Change is automatic, but progress is not. So if you want to make real progress, then you really got to look at your life in a different way. You got to say, I got to take control of this process and not just hope it's going to work out like people do who make a resolution.